We are so excited to announce that our book, Moving to Colorado, is available for purchase on Amazon. If you are thinking of moving to Colorado or know someone who is, this book is the perfect resource. You will find answers to questions like what are the best neighborhoods, what are the best jobs available, and what is the average cost of living. Moving to Colorado should be fun and exciting, not stressful and full of unknowns. Use this book as a blueprint for a broad range of information about housing, neighborhoods, culture, lifestyle, taxes, employment, and even the weather. It's complete with research, details, and personal experience from both a newcomer and native's perspectives. Moving to Colorado, a guide for what it costs and where to live on the front range, will help you reduce the unknowns so you can plan your move with ease. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com book to get your copy on Amazon. Did you know that the folklore behind how Cripple Creek got its name is actually quite by accident? It is said that a cattleman and his helper were building a shelter close to a nearby creek. The helper accidentally discharged his gun, wounding the other man. The commotion and the confusion then frightened a calf, which jumped over the creek and broke its leg. The calf was crippled, causing the rancher to refer to it as Cripple Creek. I'm Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newcomer. And we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we share accessible adventures to help you explore like a local. Today we're talking about visiting the small mountain town of Cripple Creek, Colorado. And this town is super unique, one that we really enjoy visiting. And it's something that you should definitely check out if you haven't gone to Cripple Creek yet. It kind of feels like an old western like town had a baby with like a mountain town and that's what Cribble Creek would be. That's the best way I could describe it. It's it's really cool and it's really unique, very historic. Yeah, it's known for its gold mining and has a lot of history. It also has casinos. It's pretty much everything for anyone and it's a really budget-friendly day trip that's a perfect getaway for families or if you have friends, you want to get out for the day. The drive is really pretty um, and there's surprisingly and a really good amount of kid-friendly activities available. And of course, some not so kid friendly ones as well. Yeah. And oddly enough, it has a ton of festivals all year round. Mm-hmm. So where is Cripple Creek, Colorado? Well, it's about 45 miles west of Colorado Springs, but it takes about an hour to get there just because of the way you have to travel. You have to go south, and then you have to go back up north, and you have to cut through Woodland Park, and then you got to go west, and you got to go south again. Mm-hmm. It's the mountains. It's always going to be like a indirect way. You can't go like directly there. But... If it were to be like, what do they say? As the crow flies? Yeah. Oh, I always hated that saying. It makes it, sense, though. I, I know, but why a crow? As the flamingo flies. As an eagle flies. That makes more sense. I want a flamingo. As the <laughs> owl flies. Yeah, there are a lot of owls. It's here. seriously like probably like 30 minutes away. 25 minutes. Yeah, away. it's super close. Like I mentioned, it's a really pretty drive. You go through Manitou Springs, Woodland Park, Divide, and Mueller State Park to get there. Some winding roads throughout the mountains. It's really cool. And like I said, it's only about an hour away, so it's not too bad. Yeah, there really are some beautiful views. You will be kind of just like driving along the top of a mountain. Off to the side will be, well, a giant gorge that you can see for miles and miles. This is also something I would not ever want to take the drive in the winter, though. Yeah, I might want to be careful of that. In the fall, it is really cool, though. Yeah, with all the changing colors, yeah, for sure. Um, If you're coming from Denver, it does take an additional, like, one hour. It's about 112 miles southwest um, because you're going to take I-25 to 24, Highway 24, and then, you know, take that super windy route, (laughs) convoluted way to get there. The way that you were just explaining it would be probably the most direct. You'd come 
down to Colorado Springs, and then you take 24 up through Woodland Park, do the whole same thing. But if you wanted to go a little bit of a different way, you'd kind of go through the mountains from Idaho Springs down to Deckers to Woodland Park, and that would be a, a little bit slower. Um, it would, wouldn't be much more of a distance, but it would be a little bit more direct. Um, but then you could also go the way that like we go when we go to mm-hmm. Breckenridge, where we go through South Park or we go over uh, Hoosier Pass, all that. That would be a, a much longer but much more scenic way to get there. The city of Cripple Creek is 9,494 feet in elevation and is actually one of the highest incorporated communities in Colorado, which is really cool. It resides in Teller County and is considered the county seat. Um, It's actually considered part of Colorado Springs metropolitan area now, which to me seems really weird. Like how large is Colorado Springs getting now? Pretty large. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's not like it connects in any way. It's Mm -mm. weird that it's a metropolitan area, but it's so... It's two different counties as well. Yeah. I don't... I don't... I don't get how they figure anyway, this out. It's a population of less than about 1,200 residents, but it does get a lot of tourists and vacationers, so it makes the town like seem a little bit bigger than maybe it is, just because there's always something to do, always something to see, lots of people. Um, not too many people, usually, unless it's like a day of a festival, but just like a good amount of bustle. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it feels like a town of transients. Is that a word? Where it's like a bunch of people who are, who are there temporarily, um, who are there to visit, and, and it feels so much more busy and so much more packed than actual, the true number of people. It would be like probably going to Hawaii or something. Mm-hmm. And the city is nestled right in the middle of like a couple different mountains, hills, rolling hills, and of course, Pikes Peak. So it's really nestled in there. Okay, so let's talk about what Cripple Creek is known for and some of the history, because it is super interesting. It was originally one of the most populated places in Colorado. In the late 1800s, the population grew from like 15 people to more than 50,000 in a period of about 10 years. By 1894, Cripple Creek was the social and economic capital that had over 150 active mines that produced more than $3 million a year. And that's like $3 million in 1894 yeah. currency. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a huge number nowadays. Yeah. So over the years, they had like labor strike issues. Of course, World War II broke out. They had railroad closures and all that. So um, by 1950, the town population had drastically reduced and it was just over around 2,000. And it's kind of dwindled since then. Cripple Creek used to be known as two towns of Fremont and Hayden Placer, but it merged in 1894 into one and became the town of Cripple Creek and referred to as the mining capital of Colorado. Uh, two fires kind of came through and destroyed everything, all of the the wooden structures and buildings in 1896, and the town council decided that they were going to rebuild using stone and brick to avoid that happening again. So all of those same buildings are all the same ones that you see like pretty much throughout the entire town, especially mm-hmm. down the main drag of uh, Bennett Avenue. And in 1961, Cripple Creek became a national historic landmark and it began using tourism as a way to like really build revenue. And in 1990, Colorado voters legalized gambling in Cripple Creek, which just exploded. And it caused a huge amount of casinos to pop up in the area and pop up in those old historic places. And actually, the Wildwood Casino in Cripple Creek refers to itself as the highest casino in the world. Wait, that has many, many jokes that you could make about it being in Colorado. Colorado high. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it it is almost 10,000 feet. In elevation, yeah, so it's really high. You want to gamble at 10,000 feet above sea level? Hey, if that... feeling high. Yeah. <laughs> that was lame. I loved it. In recent years, Cripple Creek's 12 casinos have generated about $10 million in taxes annually for the state, or roughly 9% of the statewide total. So it's definitely exploded, and that helps the 
city really retain a lot of its revenue for visitors and tourism. And despite the fact that Cripple Creek and the nearby town of Victor were both known as mining towns and have kind of shifted over into being casino towns nowadays, there still is some uh, gold mines that are still open to this day that employ a number of people in the area. Mm -hmm. So when you're wanting to know what is Cripple Creek known for, it's safe to say it's known for two things, gold mining and gambling. There are quite a few things to do in Cripple Creek. And we've kind of laid out uh, a few of our favorites and a few of our favorite places to go to. This by no means scratches the surface of everything that Cripple Creek has to offer. There are surprisingly a lot of things to do. I mean, the town is a very small area. It only takes about an hour or two to get there. You can stay there the whole day and you still wouldn't do all the things that you could see there. And because it's such a small area, like you said, it's it's super easily walkable. Um, you can just park your car. Usually it's free to park mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy to find parking unless it's a festival weekend or something. Then you might have a harder time. There might be some pay to parking, but they also do some shuttles that bring you all the way into the town. The first thing we did when we were driving in is we saw the Heritage and Visitor Center. And like I said, it's just on the way in. So it overlooks the town of Cripple Creek and has a completely free museum with uh, interactive exhibits and displays that detail the life of what it was like back in the day during like the world's greatest gold rush here in Cripple Creek. Mm -hmm. Um, You can learn about the early explorers and some of Cripple Creek's first residents, the gold and mining lifestyle and the wildlife in the area. Yeah, the Heritage Center is really cool because they sunk millions of dollars. It was like $2.5 million into this new visitor center and it has a lot of technology. There's a lot of interactive exhibits and a lot of really cool things for kids to do especially. And like you said, totally free. The second thing we recommend is the Cripple Creek and Victor Narrow Gauge Railroad. Railroad. That's a really long name, but basically it's a train that leaves every 70 minutes starting at about 10 a.m. every day to 5 p.m. daily. And it's a real authentic steam engine that runs on coal. Um, It's a four mile round trip and you're gone for about 45 minutes. You go about 20 minutes out and 20 minutes back. And it stops at three different points of interest along the way. Um, One of those being Echo Valley, which is really cool, especially if you have kids. Um, You can listen to stories uh, at each stop and about the history of the area. Um, It was really funny. We went there with some of your cousins and uh, the kids kept asking if there was a second train because you're in Echo Valley and you can hear the train's (laughs) horn and it just goes for miles and miles. I think they said 11 or 12 miles. Yeah, it was cool because it actually was like a a, a true echo, not like what you hear in like a parking garage or something. But like they would stop in one spot. He'd ask everybody to get quiet and then he'd pull the, you know, like the the air horn Uh and it would beep. And then like a few seconds later, you'd hear the other beep. Well, it was like really loud too. Yeah. And it came back and then then my cousin's kids were like is there another train over there it was really cool it it really is like a neat echo Um, and it would bounce for like three or four times Mm -hmm. it's a really great activity for kids Um, the train only travels about 10 to 12 miles per hour so it's almost like a mini roller coaster like for children Um, costs 15 dollars for adults which is totally worth it and $10 for kids ages 3 to 12, and anyone under 3 gets in free. The train will even run when it's raining because they have a section of the cars that is... Um, exposed. Exposed, and then a section that is underneath coverings. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's first come, first serve. You just basically walk up, buy a ticket, and you get on the next train that's going. Up next is East Bennett Avenue, which is what we mentioned before. It's probably going to be where you park, and it's going to be where the, the main like main street is. Mm-hmm where it has all the historic buildings, where they built it, where it has all the casinos too. Um, It's really cool to just walk down the street. You can check out all the shops and restaurants and the casinos, which is funny. By the way, casinos, seeing them and walking by them, they're like, no children allowed. There's signs for that everywhere. They don't, there's like a bouncer at the door that makes sure that no children are coming in. Yet all of the things in the casino are like, 
what children would be super yeah, attracted to. It looks to. like an arcade in there, too. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Bright colors, loud noises, cartoon characters mm-hmm. bouncing around. Yeah. Anyway, you can take photos near some of the beautiful art murals and some of the old historic buildings that have, like, that old-timey charm. One thing I love the most about walking down the street, seeing these old brick buildings that were built at the end of the 1800s, and just imagining, like, what went on back in the day, throughout time. You know, there's like these floors that are upstairs that you can't get to, that you can't see. And you just wonder, like, who lived there? Mm -hmm. What happened? I don't know. That's the kind of history stuff I always wonder about. Well, speaking of, you know, if walls could talk, one of the things on our list is the old Homestead House Museum. And it is the most historical and elegant parlor house, also known as a brothel, (laughs) in Cripple Creek. And it was built in 1896 by the now famous Madame Pearl DeVere to serve the rich and affluent men during Colorado's gold rush. A night at the homestead would cost $250 or like $7,600 in today's dollars, which is crazy. Um, and, and if we're talking about what a miner would make for as like a good wage in those days, it was $3 per day. And according to the town's history, we were listening to one of the stories on our train ride. She would actually check, like call the bank and talk to your banker if you wanted to come book a a night at her homestead, um, at her house and see if you qualified, see if you had enough money. To this day, you can take a scheduled tour and see the luxurious decorations and the history from this parlor house from the 1800s, as well as all the handmade furniture. It's open seven days a week from noon until 4 p.m. And tickets are about seven bucks for an adult and three bucks for kids. So anytime you go to like a kind of old kitschy town similar to this, there's always those little fun, kitschy little stores. And one of them that we really like is the Cripple Creek Candy Store. And they're known for their homemade fudge and truffles and like a huge variety of interesting flavors and food and old school candy. Uh, They have delicious peanut brittle, uh, homemade peanut butter cups, which is your jam. Amazing, yeah. And it has many of like the old school candies that my dad would go into the store and go get, like blackjack bubblegum. Is it Abazaba? Abazaba? Who uh, knows? Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard it said, but then, you know, like Bazooka Joe bubblegum. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool place. Um, we went there with my cousin and her kids, and we went in there and we said, you can pick out one thing. And of course, the kids don't know what they're looking for, so they gravitate to the most brightly colored things. And uh, my cousin's kid, who was three, picked out uh, Pop Rocks. Yep. And uh, he didn't know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> so he, like, cracks it open, pours a bunch in his mouth, and he's like... Should have seen his face. His eyes were like the size of dinner plates. It's it was a great. good experience. Yeah, yeah. The candy store is such a unique experience. I absolutely love it every time we go there. And uh, it's it's a smaller store, so it's like only a few people can fit in there. But it's it's super like unique and cozy. We suggest checking out the Outlaws and Lawmen Jail Museum. This is really cool, especially if you have older kids or if you want to learn more about the history of the town. Um, Obviously, with the gold rush comes casinos and sometimes unsavory nightlife, especially with the brothel right over there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the police in the area had to work really hard on keeping the peace and maintaining order in the city. This historic Old West Jail served as a Teller County Jail for about 90 years. And the two-story cell blocks have been kept intact with displays that showcase the history and the life of the criminals back then. The museum has sample police logs from the 1890s, copies of early city ordinances, and even newspaper accounts of different things that went on in the town. Visitors can even enjoy photo ops in prisoner uniforms, if you feel like dressing up. Um, It's open seven days a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it costs about $3 per person for anyone over 11 years old, um, which is pretty budget-friendly, and kids 10 and under are free. It's really fun to go in there and see some of the old, like, police logs 
of like what happened and they're like Bill Bob was caught oh. chasing a pig down the street and they're like oh okay I didn't realize that that was be a problem you know it's just it's so funny to see it and also their names yeah yeah that and also trying to read it because you know you learn cursive in school but my god were their handwriting like beautiful back mm-hmm. in the day the historical Butte Theater in Cripple Creek is located right next to the fire station and it can seat up to 184 guests with like a period feel with like the wallpaper, the chandeliers, all the decorations. And they do a couple shows throughout the year. Um, and they especially do some Christmas ones like a Cripple Creek Christmas Carol and a local favorite called the Christmas Donkey. The tickets will run you about 15 bucks year round, but it's a really awesome place to come with the kids and family and to see some live entertainment. This particular theater has gone through so many different changes. Over time, it switched different owners, have renovated it to their liking, and then now it really does have a more historical feel that feels more authentic to the era. Another thing that we recommend checking out when you're kind of walking downtown is a place called The Little Store. And on our recent trip to Cripple Creek, we really enjoyed our visit here and getting a chance to meet with and chat with the owners. The store is really clean and very well organized um, and it has all kinds of different clothes and kitschy items like pajamas, hats, beanies, and socks that are super soft and warm. If you're looking for a really cute local place to get some gifts for your friends and family or you just want something to remember your trip to Cripple Creek, we definitely recommend this store. Um, And cool thing, it's right next to the candy store so you can hit up the Cripple Creek candy store and walk into the little store and just get all kinds of really unique items. If you're looking for some unique and local restaurants in Cripple Creek, there's certainly no short supply of them in the town. And here are some of our recommendations. But first thing to note is that a lot of these will be attached to a casino. And the casinos are incredibly strict about not letting anybody underage. And that doesn't matter if it's a newborn attached to your hip. Mm-hmm. They will not let you go in with a child. I don't know why. It's not like the you know two-year-old's going to run off and go gambling. But it is the way that it is. So basically, an adult who has over 21 has to go in, reserve a table, go back outside, grab the menu, because no kids are allowed inside. Yeah, some of the places we're going to mention are kid-friendly and they're not attached to a casino, but there's not a ton of them, um, so keep this in mind when you're going there. Your options, you have good options, but you're not going to have, like, a lot of options. And there's also no, like, chains here, so no. you're not going to be able to just, like, pop into a McDonald's or something like that to just grab something quick and easy. The Cripple Cow is a really nice kid-friendly location. It serves delicious wood-fired pizza that can be customized to your liking and what your kids like. Um, It even has a wood-burning pizza oven in the middle of the restaurant, and they serve really delicious pizza, of course, with Colorado Craft Brews and even coffee. There's the Prospector's Perk Coffee House, which we had some really good coffee there. Some of the best coffee ever, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. You don't think of like a mountain town in Colorado having good coffee. It is certainly kid-friendly. It's open seven days a week right next to the Double Eagle Casino. It serves both hot and cold espresso drinks, teas, apple cider, hot chocolate, anything you could really want. It also serves some really good baked goods and pastries. And they also have the old 1918 Fresh Brew, which is inspired by the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. So it's a drink that's inspired by the era. If you want to know why there's a brew that's inspired by the Broadmoor Hotel is because the person who used to own the Broadmoor back in the early 1900s invested in the Cripple Creek gold mining era and made a lot of his money that way. McGill's Pint and Platter is a kid-friendly-ish place because it is is kid-friendly as far as like where you can eat and everything, but it is inside one of the casinos, so you have to have an adult go in. Um, The atmosphere features a historic carved bar with authentic Irish artifacts and paintings and stained glass windows. 
They serve traditional Irish pub food that's actually pretty delicious. Um, things like chicken wings, cheese curds, French onion soup, and entrees like fish and chips and corned beef Reuben sandwich, which sounds really good. Is the only place in Cripple Creek that serves Guinness on tap. So if you're looking for that, that's where to get it. Um, it's relatively affordable, not super cheap, not too expensive either. Um, and it has a really large, nice outdoor dining space for eating, and it's open daily from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. There's the Mid-City Grill that serves your standard, like, American food. It serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. And it has a unique Colorado all-natural ranch-to-table selection featuring uh, Redbird Farms chicken and some buffalo sirloin, which is something that Colorado is actually known for. It has a really good selection of pies to choose from, too. Uh, nothing could be more American than pie. And it opens daily at 7 a.m., so if you're feeling like a pie for breakfast, this is the place to do it. <laughs> Another suggestion is Maggie's, and it's a kid-friendly place. Um, it actually has a separate street entrance, so it's nice for families with young kids. It also serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. And the menu items include everything from seafood to steak and burgers, and they even have a special children's menu. During the holidays, they usually have like a four-course Christmas menu that you can choose from, and they've served everything from like duck and turkey and all kinds of stuff. So it's definitely a really cool place if you're there during the holidays. So there are numerous festivals that happen throughout the year here, and a lot of them that they're really known for, but I would say the biggest one and my favorite one to do in Cripple Creek is called Donkey Derby Days. You kind of learn about the history of why donkeys are important to Cripple Creek, but the short answer is essentially they used a bunch of donkeys in the mines to haul ore. Eventually, you know, they would replace them with automation. So carts and stuff, and these donkeys kind of became obsolete. So what they did is they took them outside and said, roam free donkeys. Turned them loose. Yeah. yeah. So there's just a ton of donkeys in the area, which is a really hilarious thing. Yeah, and Donkey Derby Days is actually the biggest, single biggest fundraiser event to help care and feed the donkeys in the area. And most of the donkeys are wild now, so they try and take care of them as best they can and not, you know, neglect them because, you know, hey, we don't need you anymore. And I do just want to say real quick that, um, you know, when you're not in the middle of social distancing 2020, all of these events happen at different times throughout the year, and there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. For most of 2020, though, these events have been canceled. And the donkeys are most easy to find from mid-May to October, and the Donkey Derby Festival itself happens around mid to late June every single year. Some other festivals to note in the area that happen throughout the year, but like you said, not happening this year, there is the Victor Gold Rush Days, Teller County Fair, the Big Aspen Fall Festival, Cripple Creek Art Month, and Cripple Creek Ice Festival. All of these happen at different months throughout the year and through, through the fall and winter, and they're really cool and unique, so we suggest checking them out. Um, we actually have a full description of each festival over on our website at hashtag coloradolife.com, and you can just click on the blog. To wrap up every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado, and in this case, in Cripple Creek. You can actually save $4 off ticket prices when booking a ride on the Cripple Creek Narrow Gauge Railroad. Just head over to their website, cripplecreekrailroad.com, scroll down towards the bottom, and you'll be able to click the coupon to print off a dollar off savings per ticket up to four riders. So it'll be $4 off total. You can present the coupon when purchasing the tickets at the booth at any time, and there's no expiration date. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about the episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, we hope you have a chance to explore Cripple Creek.